The new government is stopping work on investigating pumped hydro energy storage at Lake Onslow in Otago. Now, the project was floated as a solution to New Zealand's dry year problem. Now, that happens about every seven years when wind, solar and existing hydropower from dams and things aren't or are insufficient to maintain electricity supply. And we have to fill the gap by burning fossil fuels to create electricity. Now, the scheme would pump water from the nearby Clutha River into the lake, uh, then release it when other hydroelectric lakes become depleted. Uh, Government uh, estimates uh, have said it would cost New Zealanders $16 billion, around that, if it went ahead. Now, instead, the national-led government plans to scrap it and cut red tape and encourage more investment in wind, solar and geothermal energy projects. I spoke to Energy Minister Simeon Brown earlier this morning who told me the move to pull back uh, government involvement is about encouraging more investment from the private sector. We're pursuing a different type of policy from the prior government where we're saying actually what we need to be doing is providing the sector with the tools and the certainty to be able to invest in renewable energy. And so we are going, uh, working, starting work now on a new NPS on renewable energy to reduce the consent timeframes uh, for wind, for solar, for geothermal. We announced this as part of our campaign. It's the Electrify New Zealand policy. And we believe that will give the sector the tools to be able to make mm. the investments rather than the government getting involved, uh, which actually has a chilling effect on the electricity market um, and delays those important uh, investments that we need to Do increase renewable energy production in New Zealand. Do you believe, though, that the market can provide for the dry year gap, which is what we're talking about here? You can have all the wind and solar in the world. If the, if the wind isn't blowing and there's no sun, you still have a gap in dry years when the lakes are low. What is going to fill that gap under your plan? Well, well yes, we can, and that's why we need an abundant supply of uh, renewable energy, and that's why we need to have the tools available for the sector to be able to make these investments. And the, and the sector, if they've got the right tools in place, and the right incentives in place, uh, will be thinking about how they can meet uh, that demand when we do have a dry year. Uh, what we've got here now is a, is, a, is, a, is a, well, we did have a policy by the prior government where they were proposing to spend up to $16 billion, which effectively sent a message to the sector to stop investing in renewable energy, which, uh, which is the wrong message. A couple of things there, though. I mean, you can, as I say, you can have all the wind and solar to a lesser extent geothermal, but you can have all the wind and solar in the world. You can have an abundance, but it still doesn't solve the problem if you have low lake levels and no wind blowing at the right time and no sun. You can still have a dry year. Well, that is, that is right, but we need to make sure that the market has the right incentives in place to address that problem rather than and the ha- government... But the only way to do that, right, is to burn fossil fuels through a, a some sort of generator as an emergency, well, right? Well, we have said that we do see uh, gas as being a transitionary fuel uh, to help with that problem, uh, and that is an important part of the market. That's one of the reasons why we are going to be repealing the ban on oil and gas exploration, because actually we do need to have the ability for the the market to have other interventions as well. But ultimately what the Lake Onslow project was doing was basically saying to the market to stop investing in renewables because the government was going to spend $16 billion uh, and that meant we weren't getting the investment that we needed by the electricity sector. So we think this is a, a, the right approach. How do you deal with the price signals and overbuilding electricity and, and renewable energy? Because there is an argument that says there's already a lot of consented farms, wind farms, but there isn't an incentive 
for the sector to build that because it doesn't want to have a whole lot of overcapacity which isn't being used because that is money that it can't can't make return on. Well, that was one of the risks of Blake Onslow is that it would increase, uh, significantly increase overcapacity and meant that the market was not prepared to invest. Um, So actually what we're saying here is the market should be making those investments and we're going to provide the conditions for them to to do that and the confidence to be able to do that. Uh, so we can meet those renewable targets. Just finally, the issue of uh, tripling the level of renewables that the the new global uh, pact, if you like, that's come out of COP28, we haven't signed up to that yet. Is it your intention that we would? Well, there's two, two elements to it. There's an overall consensus uh, measure being taken at COP, which we support around uh, tripling renewables globally. There's also a range of specific Um, agreements which are being put forward by individual nations um, and we are currently receiving advice on those. We've only been in government for a week um, and so we need to take the time to to take that advice but all of our policies as as I've just explained are about substantially increasing renewable energy uh, and so we're certainly travelling in the same direction.